much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And today I have the extravagant privilege of being with Pastor Jan Greenwood. She is the author of many books, but recently I read The Grace-Giving Leader, and I treated it like a devotional where I just read a tiny bit every day because I have been a solopreneur for a really long time, and I've just been doing it on my own, and I have a ridiculous work ethic, and so I could. And now I'm being stretched into the place of really creating teams and inviting people into this journey and adventure, and I got really nervous and self-conscious that I wasn't going to do it well, because I think it's really trendy for people to talk about how bad managers and leaders are and bosses. And so I've really been asking the Lord, would you show me how to lead well and not just be a leader, but be somebody who is a grace giving leader and had lunch with Jan and it was incredible. And she handed me a book and I was like, this is not an accident. This is literally an answer to prayer. So I'm excited for you to join us for this conversation. And first and foremost, I want you to know you don't have to be in a position of leadership to be a leader. You're an influencer wherever you are planted. And that is the biggest theme this podcast wants to get across is that you are a leader, you are an influencer, and everywhere you go, you are shaping lives and community and relationships around you. And so I'm excited that whether you are leading at PAT, PTA or uh, parenting or a C-suite in a corporate setting, or you're an entrepreneur, whatever you're doing, your role matters and you can do it okay, or you can foster really good followers who become really loyal. And I loved her section on creating loyal followers. Mm -hmm. So Pastor Jan, I'm super excited for you to be here with us and thank you for all the years years that you have put in uh, to be the wise leader and grace-giving leader that you are. Aren't you gracious? Thank you so much. I just uh, have been following you and walking, really. We've been walking in church together for a very long time, but this is such a privilege to be drawn into your world, and I'm so honored. And uh, Shannon, I just believe in you. There is no doubt you are going to knock it out of the park in this season. You have so many gifts, so much talent. Like I'm like, oh, Shannon, you're going to do well. You will do well. First of all, because you always point yourself to God. And you do need that so much, don't we? Yes. Whatever our role or season or situation, we all need to be praying a similar prayer of like, Lord, I want to do well, not just for ourselves, although well equals a lot of peace, right? <laughs> Even in the midst of turmoil, but yes, we want to do well for others too. So I just applaud you for the season that you're in and how you're doing. And thank you so much for having me here. Oh, so thanks. That's really sweet. Thank you. Um, so Pastor Jan, what are some of the pinnacle moments that you would say it's worth it? The whole journey, the hard, the sacrifice, the serving, the couching things just right. What would you say are those moments that you're like, hey, this makes leadership worth it? Well, you know, I used to would have, uh, you know, 
listed for you the moments that you crossed the finish line. You know, if you were in a an indie car race and you made the 500 laps, you know, and you uh -huh. someone waved the flag and you got to go first, I would have said that was winning. Or even, you know, just being successful. I I love success and I, you know, I love profit, a bottom line, and I I want all those things, but the things that actually make it worthwhile are people. Yeah. I mean, bottom line, it's about people. And it used to be for me about projects. It was a focus on a project I thought I could lead or, or contribute to a project so significantly that somehow, you know, I would feel good about myself and other people would affirm that I was good mm -hmm. and they would see my gifts. Maybe I'd even get more promotion, more power, more trust. And I was on a, you know, a ladder of performance that was sustaining me, keeping me calm on the inside. But everybody knows that the ladder of performance will break you. And there always comes the time where you have to look at the, the thing in the bottom of your pit of the soul that you haven't stopped to deal with. Mm. And so for me, you know, having come through that transition and really coming to understand that God appoints us as a leader, not so that we can just have power or position or even influence, yeah. but because he cares about people. So when I began to think about my leadership in relationship to who is near to me, who, who could I encourage, who lives with me and how do they feel about my leadership? Mm -hmm. Man, I, I got a lot quieter mm -hmm. and I got a lot more humble because when you look close you can see your flaws you know when you're looking out there at the big drama the big success or the finished product I did I shared this illustration a couple of days ago it's a little bit like when my leadership was like a firecracker I was creating a fourth of July event all the time and it would be beautiful and people would be like that was the most beautiful firecracker I ever saw and then you know the sky goes dark and they go home and Jan would have to begin again from scratch mm. to build the next July 4th event. Yeah. And I can no longer endure that lifestyle. Uh, I lack the physical, emotional, and spiritual strength. Yeah. And so when God changed my lifestyle and took me into a much more personal, smaller uh, scope where you know, it wasn't about an, an event or a moment. It was about ongoing daily discipleship in my own life and in the lives of others. Um, that was a huge transition for me. But what made it worth it was I began to experience not only the moments where maybe, you know, like you and I would connect and we would encourage one another. That makes it worth it. But I also had to face the moments where when I was connecting with someone and they were telling me I'd hurt them mm. or I'd overlooked them or I didn't make time for them or I'd given them bad counsel. Wow. And so, you know, really that's a humbling but growing moment. And those things began to show me how much God values people. Yeah. And that the most important thing for me is could I leave a legacy in the heart of a person when they think of me, they think of God. Or when they think of me, they think about someone who responded uh, to a mistake with a lot of grace and not a lot of self-defense. So I think what makes it worth it for me is enduring relationships, mm -hmm. uh, the trust that people give me with time, yeah. uh, the opportunity to maybe learn that something small can be so significant in the eyes of God. 
and to give myself the grace to not be a firecracker, but to be like a beacon, a lighthouse, uh, something present and steady and encouraging and stable, maybe positioned in a place where people are having a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. They can come to me for a moment, rest in my harbor, but you know, then they got to go back out there. That's how I see myself today. Instead of setting off all those firecrackers and celebrating something so beautiful. And I mean, I, I still love those moments. There's a place for that. Of course. That's not where my strength lies, nor do, nor is that the sustaining lifetime value that I need in order to remain faithful for all my days. Wow. And I think you're tapping on something so interesting that we live in a culture where many of us, without realizing it, um, are looking for our identity through our position, our title, the amount of money in the bank account, the platform that we have. And so we're looking for something to affirm us on the outside. And I think we've all done that. And so you're talking about that shift between the external success, which you've absolutely had, um, and you've created women's departments and pink impact the biggest women's conference i've ever been to mind-blowing um you've created such large teams and organizational and structural and community groups and leadership in so many capacities and yet to hear that maturation process where it really yeah. becomes about that deeper inner work of being a leader on the inside versus looking for that outward approval did yeah. that journey come easy? What was that like for you? Oh, no, it was <laughs> painful. It was painful. It, it was both, you know, it's like a bittersweet when I think about the transition journey. Um, uh, I had a friend years ago used to say to me, you know, a believer goes from grace to grace, which sounds so perfect, right? But she's like, the journey between hanging off the end of the E and jumping to the G <laughs> is like the most difficult. And she would share that like, as you come to the end of one grace, what was beautiful becomes not so great. What mm -hmm. used to work doesn't work. Eventually you have to leap, you get over to the new grace, but yeah. you don't know how it works. You have to rebuild. And so we're in this cycle of grace to grace. And that has helped me so much because definitely what happened to me is the, the peace in what I was doing began to evaporate. And I couldn't understand it. Hmm. And um, due to, to some circumstances that weren't about not having a good relationship, I just blessed God that it wasn't like I failed and then moved. It was just like a natural progression of the organization and my heart. I actually moved from big public centralized ministry to local campus team ministry, smaller team, but very important. And I appreciate so kindly how you said I led big teams. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I find leading large teams much easier than leading a small team hmm. because a large team can never really see you. <laughs> you can only, you know, they can only see what I choose to show them. And uh, now I did have to build a lot of trust over the years. You know, it's years and years of being a trustworthy leader that allows you to lead a large team because really they do only see what you present to them. But when you are building a small team around a focus and, you know, the maybe four or five of you are gathering around a mission, this is a whole level of nakedness um, that will require a vulnerability that large leadership does not. And I didn't know that um, if you live in that large C-suite success world, mm -hmm. I think it's actually a greater test than 
failure or uh, even obscurity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because man, it's so, it's just so easy to believe your press. Yeah. (laughs) And to believe that because you've got a good number of people, you equaled success, you know, but really always we have to go to the throne and think about is what I've done going to burn up? Like how much of that work will burn up? Like, so like all the firecrackers might burn up, but were people, did people have a God encounter that put something in their heart that changed their life? I believe they did. I don't believe that was fruitless by all means. I mean, I I believe corporate worship and experiences are like the standard of God's plan for people. But in this season, I'm learning again about the power of vulnerability and honesty. And even just, it takes so much more. um, I don't know. I, I think that for me, that season was embracing my strengths. And this season is embracing my weakness. I'm learning to embrace that I am weak. And I am often fearful. And in that place, can I build a team? That's a whole different thing. Absolutely. That's a whole different thing. (laughs) And when I work with leaders, many times they're touching on exactly what you're saying about, I can't show weakness. I can't show vulnerability. They won't respect me. They won't follow me. Uh, They'll lose respect and then move on and, or start their own thing. Or there's almost this fear and this threat that if I show vulnerability, it'll somehow compromise my sense of being a competent leader. What would you say to somebody who's struggling with that? Well, first of all, I think there are levels of appropriate vulnerability. I don't think you should be naked in front of everyone. My husband used to ask me, why are you emotionally naked? And I was like, oh, I didn't know I was. I had to learn some good boundaries. So uh, obviously everything is not for everyone. So I'm not talking about a vulnerability that actually causes people to be afraid for you or to be concerned they're in a wrong place. But I am talking about an authentic Mm. uh, truth that I am not absolutely sure about everything and I have you here as a team because I have weakness mm-hmm. you see I believe teams become really strong when you have a leader that's okay to have someone on the team who's stronger in an area than they are yeah instead of always having to be the strongest in a pinnacle you know like true team leadership is more like a circle right mm-hmm. and so yes there's a head but there's a, a give and take that I want to happen so if I can demonstrate vulnerability in that circle And depending on how deeply entrusted we are, like I'm in a team right now of about five of us and I have a lot of physical uh, issues going on and I'm careful. I do share with them. They do know, but I don't tell them every single day. You know, I don't send a note every single morning today. This hurts, that hurts, but routinely I do let them know where I am. And when we gather, they, they speak hope into my body. Right. And I allow that. Then we go on to our discussion. And, but I'm not sharing that with the whole world. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people, if they were aware of like more of my just personal struggles, maybe your personal struggles, Mm -hmm. they would grow afraid for you. And I don't know about you, but I don't have the strength to handle your fear. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that vulnerability is an incredibly powerful tool, but you have to get past the point where shame is attached to it. Mm-hmm. And that the fear holds you back from telling the truth. You see, the truth always sets us free. That's good. So if you have such a, if you have a circle of people, you literally cannot tell the truth to, you need a smaller team mm-hmm. 
Mm. You need a smaller personal inner team mm. where you can be vulnerable. So, you know, someone who's leading a large organization or even, you know, I hear you like people will move on. Mm-hmm. I want to say this to you. Uh, you cannot be driven by the fear that people will advance or move on. You need to be excited for them yes. because what you want is people who want to be in your team. And mm-hmm. I get that, especially strong leaders, strong leaders who spot a weak leader will often move on. Mm-hmm. And that's not to shame anyone. That's to say, you know what, they're advancing in their own journey. Mm-hmm. And if you can practice this grace that I'm talking about, it's not like I don't mean that grace is like, just be nice, play nice, and you'll be a grace giving leader. No, I do think kindness is a powerful fruit and you should always uh, use kindness, even in honesty, maybe kindness plus honesty might be a good definition of grace. Hmm. So uh, some of what you said to me, like, I would want to address that core issue of why, why are you so afraid of losing your people? Yeah. Yeah, you know, to make more work for you. Yes, but see, you're project driven. If you're people driven, you'll say, mm, "I'll have to pay a short term price, but I, I want to see you do well." And if they're not happy with your leadership, woo, man, let them move on. Yeah, let them move on. You know, absolutely, so, and not allowing that to define you as an individual or as a leader, because yeah. so much is fluid, and we are in a season with a lot of pivots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved how you said that we're. Um, that you saw yourself like a lighthouse and many in this country and around the world are feeling like they're in a major storm with the pandemic and all the things going on in the world. So how do you anchor yourself? Because you're a human and you're going through everything they are and to still present that stability and consistency that anchors them into feeling like you are a trusted leader. So I think this is such a great question because it makes me think about, you know, a lighthouse, like just a traditional white New England white house, you know, it's white on the outside glass at the top and this beaming light. So if that's me, what you have to understand is that the light is anchored in Christ. I have no power of my own. So all I'm doing is being a container a multiplier, a refractor of the light. So how I remain stable, even when I am shaking, Mm. is that the light is steadfast. So the storm can be battering me. You know, the lighthouse experiences the storm too. It gets hit by the wind and the waves. It feels the trauma, but the light is what is steadfast. So Jan can be weak. Mm -hmm. Jan can be unstable, but you know, the other thing about the light is that once the light is in you, the word tells us nothing can separate us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how much I'm being battered on the outside or the inside. The light cannot be taken from me. So in that way, you become stable in all your ways, right? So regardless of whether it's a beautiful day or a stormy day, whether people need you in the moment or you need people, the light is what makes me steadfast. It's the word and the spirit living in me. They give me calmness and peace and presence and make the light glow in the middle of the day or the middle of the night, right? Yes. So it's not Jan. Jan's become such a good leader. She built such a great uh, how she picked a stormy sorter. Boy, I'm so glad she's there. You know, she must have deep foundations. All that's true, but that lighthouse can be destroyed. That building can be taken down. 
But if, if the building went down, if this body goes down, the spirit within me will still have light. Hey friends, thanks for listening. We would love for you to get plugged in with the Unlock You community. So follow the links below and stay up to date with upcoming content, events, and groups. We are here to invest in you and tailor episodes around your interests. Post comments, and hey, if there are any specific topics you'd like to hear about, let us know so we can strategically build content that is meaningful to you. And will you share this podcast so we can invest into more amazing people? Be sure to hit subscribe so we can see you for the next episode.